0: It's a pleasure to be speaking with you again, and not one of those rock the block things where there's like eight other people. So you have to go, hey, did I get enough time with Paige here? So one-on-one, I appreciate it. And how's your day going so far?
1: Well, Darren, I appreciate it as well. I know that whole <laughs> situation was a lot going on. Um, yeah. It's great. You know, it's one-on-one. I'm here. I'm happy. Um, it's a great day.
0: You're not sharing the spotlight with a new kid on the block. It's time around. <laughs>
1: I love John. In fact, he, I do too. He, he was watching my show last night, and he said, "Um, hey, pretty, I see you." And I was like, "Oh, John, I love you so much, heart of gold." But um, that's when he's around. I know, I know my lane. Okay, so I just let him be the new kid.
0: <laughs> well, it's really impressive to see the career that you have going on. In that I can tape a junket with you, you know, six, eight weeks ago, and that's a totally different show. And then here is another season of Fix My Flip. So you're filming multiple shows in the period of months with one another, where you are right now, is that where you thought that you would be years ago?
1: It's where I hope that would be. You know, one thing about HGTV and just the amazement of this amusement park of home renovation shows is that they really lean into who you are, Mm -hmm. your show. If you're good, they want to make you great. You know, and so like being a part of Rock the Block or hometown kickstart, hometown takeover, fix my flip. I'm like, this is really happening. Like I'm on their Ferris wheel, you know. And so Mm -hmm. I'm very grateful. And I I had hoped to be on this on this ride, you know, with all these other great talents on the network. And here I am. And now we're one on one. This is crazy.
0: That was a good tie in. It's almost like you've done this before. You've done the (laughs) thing before, but. I mean, with the HGTV world, it's unique from other TV franchise worlds where not only do you get to host numerous shows, you then are, can be an author. You can be a keynote speaker. You can have your product line at a fine home goods store. It's really, it seems like a, how much do you want to work? Yeah. You can work that much.
1: Oh, I love that. You are absolutely right. That is exactly how it is. The more you you put in, and lean into the opportunity, the more it can really, for, you know, better lack of term, pay you out, you know, and, and just increase your exposure, you know, in my real estate world, in my real estate office with, you know, product lines. I mean, it really, it's never ending, you know,
0: it's never ending. So this new season of Fix My Flip, when did you actually film it? And I, I know a, a 30 minute or 60 minute show obviously took five to 10 days over the course of a consecutive <laughs> days.
1: <laughs> so our 60 minute show that after commercials is only about 43 minutes. Um, yep. We started filming last August and we stopped filming this past Tuesday. <laughs> oh, oh my.
0: Okay. So that's very similar to a movie where
1: yeah. <laughs> movies well, there
0: could be reshoots and also. Well, no, and
1: because with flipping, once it's shot, it's shot you know if it's done it's done but um I left for six weeks to film rock the block and I didn't come back because my breathing was so awful in Colorado my doctor said if you can just stay because the back and forth I mean it's it's wearing you down so um we had a lot of pickups but you know actually um with flipping shows comes real life side that we don't always talk about which is permits you know Mm -hmm. materials and so um my interview portion on the show where I kind of come in like this where I'm talking to you that was actually what I flipped so all of the homes have been done since January so we filmed technically from um August to January and then everything else was just me and post doing the interview portion
0: a part that you just mentioned there I don't think the average person realizes the permit part of Mm -hmm. those shows HGTV I'm sure has every permit office on speed dial though
1: No, HDV has nothing to do with the permits.
0: Oh, so the production company has to do it independent. No,
1: the production company has nothing to do with the permits.
0: Paige Turner. Wow. Okay.
1: on on my show. So on my first show, uh, Flipper Flop Nashville, we uh, my my um, ex co-host and I, we were um, the actual flippers. So we were responsible for those permits for everything from A to Z Um, on Fix My Flip. I'm coming in to help struggling flippers. So they already have their permits most of the time, you know, already turned in. Unless I come in, I want to change the things around, take a mm-hmm. wall down, add a wall, then we have to go back in and reapply for the permit. So that's it's between me and the flippers.
0: In some industries or trades, people could be friends with their peers. Can flippers be friends with each other easily?
1: Well, they should be able to, I mean, you should, you should be able to shake hands and kiss babies with your competition. You know, I don't see Taco Bell too worried about, you know, uh, Del Taco, you know what I'm saying? They they still live across the street from each other. You know, it's just, who has the prettier product, but you know, I am, I'm cool. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not one of these other, you know, network realtors that, you know, come in and I don't do all that. You know what I'm saying? I shake hands, I kiss babies. I love on people. I feel like I need you, you need me to be successful so let's
0: just hug it out well i was taking that from the angle of the personality type of the flipper my, my opinion not yours mm-hmm. smartest person in the room they're playing check uh chess not checkers they're thinking five steps ahead in other words they walk into that house and they go i know what i can do with it i know the price of all this kind of thing and they probably see another flipper and they go oh that's a that's another smart person
1: Oh, I so, got you. Yeah, you should know. In that case, you should know what your competition is doing. You know, you should sneak around. Yeah. I mean, and you have to know what's going on in the immediate neighborhood anyway, you know, because you don't want to price yourself out of your flip just because, you know, Mr. So-and-so or Ms. So-and-so over here is doing X, Y, Z. You really should know the entire neighborhood and see what's going on.
0: So the professions that we're talking about are all encompassing, all-consuming kind of things. When you're filming, you are filming because you have to feel good, you have to look good, et cetera. What do you do to turn off and escape that whole world of high pressure flipping and television?
1: Great question, because I do have to do that. So I, I mean, I work out like a maniac. I was at Pilates at seven o'clock this morning. The interview started at 8.30 and I was like, oh God, I want to sleep in, but I can't because that is my exhale. And then on the weekends, I go straight out here. We have great hiking trails in L.A. So I go hike, you know, I, I have to stay outdoors or I go straight to the beach. If I have a hard day, I grab my old school notebook and a pen, you know, I put my phone down and I go write and I just go sit and think and watch the ocean. So you have to have that downtime or else, you know, it is not good from the inside out. You know, you won't be healthy. You know, I, I can't think straight. I can't work straight and I get grumpy, you know? So I I make sure to make those you know, my me times.
0: Do you vacation or is the vacation to you the staycation?
1: I love to vacation, but just think of what we just spoke about. I literally was on five shows from last August yeah. until now. So my staycations where I can just shut down and watch some succession or yellow jackets or when Ozark was on last year, you know, that, that. I, I really appreciate those times during the heavy filming schedule. But then, for my birthday, I just turned fifty. Darren, Jesus, fifty. Okay,
0: okay. well, so obviously you're doing something right there. So, are there endorsements? Is there a skincare line of things <laughs> also in the works?
1: No, my mama gave me good jeans. but you know, for my birthday, I got a, I wanted to go out of the country, but I just didn't have time. So I did a girl's trip to Miami real quick, but it was much needed, you know, five days there, got to go spend my 50th birthday with my sweet mom, you know, who's 83. She lives on the other side of Florida. So, you Mm -hmm. know, those things matter most, you know, time spent with uh, my, the quality of the time spent with my people matter most right now.
0: Is there an exit strategy for all this career success?
1: I have an exit strategy. I sure do. You know what it is because this is this be holding them now, but my exit strategy, Darren, is behind the camera. I am an avid creator of content and I created my first show. I was put into fix my uh, sorry flip or flop Nashville, but it, my pilot started out as joining the flip where I, I actually pitched it and it worked. And then now um, my uh, well, he's my manager, he's my business partner, production partner and he's my brother. Freddie Bell, we co-created Fix My Flip. And so we have other shows that we're shopping as well. And then, you know, I get some hits under my belt and then, you know, ride on out.
0: Wow, that it's fantastic to see that you're able to think that far ahead and all that, because a lot of people would go, I don't know, one project at a time. So you're mm-hmm. thinking long-term on all that. In terms of the producing, uh, It's great to see that you have the bandwidth to propel other people's careers upward, because a lot of people go, I'm only focused on me here. Do you have an an entertainment industry
1: mentor? No. (laughs) Just like I didn't have a mentor in Flipping, I wish I would have had one. I don't yet. I would love to have one. I have a good, you know, people say team, and people might think it's a half a dozen a dozen people around. That's not my team. My team, there's three of us, (laughs) Oh, you know, but there's strong people who hold my ladder, who look out for me. If I'm looking this way, they're making sure that they look this way so I don't miss everything because they know I am one person. And I think, you know, building that type of team is so important. And Mm -hmm. um, I do long for a mentor, though. But right now, it's just us three. And we're just forging ahead and, you know, figuring this thing out.
0: How many of the three were there, say, three years ago?
1: Well, one of the three were there. 30 years ago. I call him my brother, but Freddie's actually, he's my best friend. We've known each other since 30 years ago. Um, And then um, my other team member, uh, it's been since 2019. So about four years now.
0: Freddie Bell is a really stage name kind of name, as is Paige Turner. (laughs) Somebody's really good with the branding.
1: (laughs) You know what? I never called him Freddie. I always called him Freddie Bell for some reason. I was like, Freddie Bell, Freddie Bell. (laughs)
0: Yeah, because you you both have names that when you go to Starbucks, they're not going to misspell them on the cup. <laughs> they're not.
1: Well, they put an I in my name sometimes, that, but, you know, that's normal. That's
0: normal. Well, two quick questions, and then I'm going to let you roam free. And you mentioned Succession and Yellow Jackets before, but do you, are you a big TV person in general? And I ask that because a lot of people who are on TV, the second they have free time, they go, I want to do the exact opposite of work, so they stay as far away as possible.
1: No, I am an avid TV watcher because I want to know what's going on. You know, I get, I get the quarterly, you know, um, mandates to come out and I want to see that now that's where, you know, flipping is one thing but I get, because I know that this is where I want my next chapter to go. I like to see what the competition is. What are people creating? You know, what are people watching? You know, what's, getting the most views. And so I watch TV late at night during the day, it's not on, I watch a little bit of the news and I'm like, eh, you know, I just get it from my phone. And then, but at nighttime, cause I'm a night owl, which is horrible, especially when I'm filming, I can't do that. But um, I turn on some shows at nighttime. So I like TV. Now I don't watch HGTV all day.
0: <laughs> yes, you do. Wink, wink. <laughs> wink, wink. I,
1: I, think, uh, I think watch shows that my friends are on.
0: <laughs> I think you're the only Pilates night owl that I've ever encountered.
1: Oh, man. Well, I'm addicted to Pilates. Morning, night. I just, you know, it's so easy just to go over there real quick. have a quick 43 minute class and then come right back. I'm so addicted to it because I just found it. So I don't know if it's because I'm a newbie in it, you know, but um, I love it. I love it.
0: Uh, this is not the last question, but do you have, my wife has one of those upright foldable Pilates machines. Do you have one of those at home?
1: Do you know? Do you know, no, I've never used one of those. I go to a studio, but I'm not just on a Pilates board. I do the mega transformer. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. It's, the, it's the big pop up. So I've never even, I, that's how I started Pilates. I didn't even start the normal way. So yeah. somebody said, you know, you're not just doing Pilates. I was like, what am I doing? I was like, this isn't normal Pilates. I had no idea. So now I'm stuck with it.
0: For now, yeah. I, I have a <laughs> feeling you'll you'll come around on it. But the, the last question for Ms. Paige Turner, What's the last concert you went to for fun?
1: The last concert I went to for fun. Oh, my gosh. Why can't I think right now? The last concert I went to for fun. Um, well, right now, for some reason, my best friend and I went to see Faith Hill. Oh, Oh my God. She's my best friend in my head. But for Faith, there was, that, was, but that was like 2019. So.
0: That was just a few years ago.
1: But, Darren, have I been to a concert since 2019?
0: Well, let's help you through it right here. What's the closest amphitheater to you? That would be Hollywood Bowl? Something like that? Probably no Hollywood Bowls for you. Was there like a a summer jam? Was there a...
1: I went to the Hollywood Bowl. Duran Duran was there a couple uh, last year. Yeah.
0: Was that with Chic and Grace Jones?
1: Grace wasn't there.
0: Chic was? You saw Nile Rodgers?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You saw a fantastic concert then?
1: Yeah, I was there. Um... Was that two years ago? Geez, Darren, that's such a good question. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank right now. I had- do
0: because you're on like six TV shows and you're doing Pilates <laughs> and you're celebrating your birthday and there's no dull moments for Paige Turner. That's why. <laughs> I
1: can't think. I'm sure it was great wherever I was though. But I was at the Hollywood Bowl. I do remember that one.
0: <laughs> well, Paige, thank you for your time. Thank you for the many years of great entertainment and looking forward to whatever's to come soon.
1: Darren, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to see you. I'm glad to be one-on-one with you. So I look forward to it again.
0: Aside from uh, having to talk to me, good day for you so far, Josh.
2: Yeah, you know, I've just been doing a lot of press uh, for uh, the buildup of uh, the record release, which is June June 2nd, volume 10, our 10th record. And uh, we're very
0: excited. Yeah, Volume 10, in a good way, and this is a compliment, is a return to form. I say that as somebody who (laughs) loved the first Buck Cherry record. I interviewed Keith on the first album Cycle. That's scary to think that that's just about 25 years ago. And I've always contended that Buck Cherry had the best comeback story of any band that had a couple of hits. So when that happened in 05, 06, 07, did you really think that the band was going to go another 15 plus years?
2: Um, I didn't, I didn't look that far ahead. You know, I try to stay in the moment. Um, I just, you know, I just take it like tour by tour record by record, you know, and it just, uh, we're always constantly, you know, moving, uh, forward as far as like, always thinking about the next record while we're winding up a tour for, you know, the record before. And, you know, so time starts flying by and then before, you know, you're dropping your 10th record and you're like, wow, this is crazy you know, I'm um, super grateful. It's, uh, as you know, it's very hard to have longevity in this business. So, uh, I'm, you yeah. know, we're, 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 just
0: riding away. Before I ask more questions about volume 10, this is a compliment. And I don't know if you want it a compliment or two, but you still sound exactly like you did on the first record. You look exactly like you do in the first record. <laughs> How is this happening? Is there a team behind you? Or are you
2: be like a, a Pilates guy or something? No, no. Uh, first of all, thanks for the compliment. Um, I'll take it. Uh, you know, uh, I think, you know, clean living really helps, you know, I've been, I I haven't touched a drink or a drug for uh, 28 years. So that probably helps. And, you know, uh, performing Buck Sherry is, uh, is very, uh, physically demanding. So that always keeps, that keeps me in shape along with a lot of other things, I've always been very physically uh, active in my life, so, um, yeah, I think all that uh, helps me stay young, you know, show business keeps you young, for sure. There's this video that I saw online
0: of somebody following you to your backstage routine before you get on stage, I was surprised to see right. that you were using Lit Up as part of your vocal warm-ups, is that still the case?
2: Oh, I don't know, that was, like, old, I must have been really old, uh, No, I I do. I do just uh, vocal scales to warm up and then I don't sing about, you know, 10 minutes before I walk on. And then I just sing and then I warm down after. And this has been, uh, you know, the warming down process has been in my life now for, you know, a long time, like probably 15 years. And it's so crucial, you know. Um, And anyways, you know, my voice changed at like 40, you know, all of a sudden. It just wasn't snapping back like it used to and so you gotta you gotta work harder the older you get you know as far as maintaining your voice always vocalizing always kind of staying working that muscle you know because you don't want to lose it yeah so volume 10 it's great to
0: hear the open g tuning back on some of the songs the original keys that we love from buck cherry do you remember the first song that you recorded or at least wrote for the record
2: for this record um well, we, we had a little bit of spillover from the Hellbound sessions. We had some demos, you know, and a couple of those made the record. But I think the first song that we wrote with Marty, because Marty and I and Stevie went in and did a, you know, a guerrilla songwriting session. I think it was Shine Your Light was the first. Shine Your Light was like the first uh, song that we, we wrote together. And we wrote about eight songs together in nine days. and uh, It was very, it was, uh, we got really good chemistry, me, Marty and Stevie, you know, it's, it's going good, you know, Hellbound was the same way you know we we got in the rim and wrote for I think we wrote eight songs back then too.
0: When it comes to songwriting sessions that have multiple writers you find out this is the top line person this is the person working the engineering board etc what do you usually bring Uh, to the table I I would assume you're the top line guy.
2: What I bring to the table are lyrics and melodies that's what I've done my whole career every word you've heard about Sherry came from me you know and that's the way I've done it since I was 15, you know. I mean, I want to I want to be attached to it personally like that in order to be able to sing it with passion every night, you know. I mean, I know some singers they don't need that. They can just go sing anything. They just want to sing, you know, and that's fine, but that's not not why I got into this, you know. I like the whole I like writing songs. I I like performing them. I like working on my voice, all that stuff, you know. Um real student of the game in that way, you know. Yeah. And, uh, So what was your, was that the question? Was that a good answer? I
0: think that's a pretty good answer. Sometimes uh, you find that the person singing isn't necessarily the top line person, but you are the top line melody lyrics person. I don't
2: know what you mean about top line. We're we're all involved in, you know, like when Marty and I and Stevie get in the room, sometimes Marty comes up with a melody that I really like. And I write lyrics over his melody that happened with a song called Feels Like Love. You know, Um, I had written a melody and then he came... And I was working in my hotel room and then he sent me a voice tone. He's like, oh, I had this melody in mind and it was better than mine. So I used his, you know, so sometimes that happens. Um, but ultimately, I write the words for sure. Yeah, so the there's, best- no top, there's no top line guy. When we write songs, it's really about um, serving the song, whatever. We, we do whatever is best to get the best songs at that time.
0: The best idea wins. That's what I'm hearing. That's correct. Okay. Well, another thing that I'm curious about is when you have a magnetic frontman, and I'm calling you the magnetic frontman, you didn't call yourself that. Usually you'll find that they (laughs) put on the guitar for one song during the show. And sometimes it looks really awkward. We don't really see you put put on the guitar for one song. Are you a guitar player or what do you usually write on?
2: I play guitar very basically. I'm not a great guitar player. I play enough to write songs. You know, that's how Sorry started. That's how Check Your Head started. Um, Oh, yeah. You know, um, I just have I have no desire to do that. I mean, being a front man and doing what I do, singing and dancing and and just the vocals in this band are so demanding that I don't want to have another thing to think about, you know, and I don't need to do that for whatever reasons. I mean, maybe some singers think they have to do that to show people that they can play the guitar or whatever. I, I don't know what that's all about, but, you know, I've never felt like I had the need to do that. You know, um, I got two great guitar players in this band, Stevie, Stevie D and uh, Billy Rowe and they, they do a great job. So I let them do their thing. Right.
0: Now, were you a guitar player all along or is that something that you picked up on later? So you could write.
2: I just picked it up so I could write. I, I, um, my, one of my, my sister is two and a half years older than me. And she Mm -hmm. had a, uh, she had a singer boyfriend way back in the day when I was, uh, you know, 17 and, and his name, his name was Peter, very nice guy. And anyways, um, eventually I was a roommate. We, we all lived in an apartment together and um, I had him teach me chords on the guitar. And so that's when I started learning how to uh, just play chords so I could write songs and, Um, and that was it. Were you originally a drop D guitar player to make it easier? No, 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 just standard tuning. And you know, that's how, that's how I started. Got it. Are there leftovers
0: from the volume 10 sessions, meaning songs that could wind up on your 11th album?
2: Uh, there's always leftovers, but they, you know, they're leftover for a reason. They didn't make the record because they weren't good enough, you know, (laughs) so sometimes you know, usually we just don't ever revisit old songs, but we did um, on this particular record. We had some spillover from Hellbound and there was two songs that I thought would be great, you know, and or Marty. Marty thought uh, this or that was like a great song and, and we all thought it was, too. But it was really high in my register at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, let's change the key because I don't even think I can sing this live. It's so high up, you know, it's like you can record a song and then you know you're only recording it in sections so when you wind up trying to do the whole song it's like really hard so you have to make sure you are careful with that and so we changed the key and it was like right in my wheelhouse and uh we didn't really change the arrangement of that one but then there was a song turn it on and I played it for Marty and I go listen this chorus is so good but the rest of the song needs work you know so and he agreed and he liked it and so we worked on that we just like basically rewrote the whole song around the chorus and that's how turn it on made the record but usually we always start from scratch
0: the last time i had the pleasure of interviewing you the new project was spray gun war is that officially dead
2: oh that's a long time ago uh no you know we uh, that was a fun project for stevie and i we're big fans of electronic music and um, we just wanted to make something like that, you know, to kind of put a little rock flavor in there and have uh, electronic beats and, and an EP and it was fun. And, you know, like I said, and then we when we eventually made uh, Josh on the conflict. That record was a lot of fun to make. Um, maybe sometime if we, if I have time, but we just don't have any time.
0: Right. When I look at your career, it's not just the 10 studio records that you've done over the last 20ish years you have more acting credits than a lot of actors that we see on television. You know, you probably (laughs) have SAG insurance at this point in time, between the new guy, The Shield, Banger Sisters, Bones, The Steel Life, which randomly my friend Joel wrote, but (laughs) uh, is acting something that you want to do more of in the future if you had time?
2: I really love it. I don't have an agent right now. I need an agent, that would be great. Um... I I enjoy the process. I would like to be challenged a little more. You know, I never got that opportunity to kind of put my two cents into a character. There was a, a TV show called Push Nevada where I had a reoccurring role and it was this character Job and I kind of started, you know, developing my own character because I was in it every episode and and then it got canceled. So um you know, uh, I would like to play a real dark character in some kind of film. That would be that would be cool. But you know, then again, it's like finding the time for sure. Yeah, you only have Volume Ten to be pushing over the next two years, as- <laughs> right?
0: So, are That's you playing right. a lot of Volume Ten on the upcoming tour dates? And I ask that because at this point in time, Buck Cherry probably has twenty charting singles. And if you're going to do fifteen to twenty songs, there's the battle of that and one or two covers yeah. at that point.
2: Yeah, it's really hard, you know, but I feel like now we finally, with Hellbound and Volume 10, we finally have uh, the ammunition for an arena rock show, you know, a show that's got no fillers where it's just so amazing and I have all the ammunition to like really build a set that's epic, you know, and um, we've already played a lot of these songs live, Shine Your Light, Let's Get Wild, um, Good Time, Um, and we've done Pain and uh, Feels Like Love. Those songs are amazing for the set, you know? So um, yeah, we'll be playing all kinds of stuff. The last two questions before I let you go. The first one is in the
0: old original Buck Cherry bio, I remember Uh, being said that you were named after a drag queen named Buck Cherry. Was Was that just a good story for the time?
2: No, it's true. Uh, Drag Queen used to bum cigarettes off Keith at, you know, our local shows. This is before we were called Sparrow at the beginning. That was the name of the band, Uh, the finch of the songbird. And we always thought that was cool. And and then there was a Christian rock label called Sparrow Records, and we couldn't use it for copyright reasons. That's why we had to start playing the name game. And we couldn't decide on anything. And we're making our first record and it's becoming just a nightmare. And at that time, Keith was reading a book about Chuck Berry's life. And Chuck Berry had a quote in there. He's like, record labels that try to make you do all kinds of things you don't, you don't wanna do, like turn your name upside down, like Buck Cherry. And we were like, there it is again, how is that possible? Like, and we just wanted a, we wanted a name that was just easy to remember and kind of had a thing and it was just perfect. So we went with it. And then the last question I have for you, Wikipedia
0: mentions that during COVID-19 that you were trained to draw blood from people is that true yes. or is that a policy?
2: Oh, so you can yes, do that. a licensed phlebotomist. I, I am. Yeah. And uh yeah, I was going bananas, man. I, I, I work a lot. I'm a workaholic, you know. So when music was on the you know, the back burner, it was like I hung out for a little bit and then it was like, I gotta do something, I gotta get to work. And I did a lot of other things, not just phlebotomy, you know, but I mean that was I, I got really interested in it because um, I go to a place called Quest Diagnostics. Um, yes. That's where I get my blood. That's where I get my blood taken every year for um, my blood panel, you know, my physical. And and so anyways, they have the best phlebotomists there. I don't know if you've gotten blood drawn there, but I mean, they're drawing blood all day. That's all they do. So they're really good at it as far as very little pain. They can always find a vein. No truth.